And for years, I have been teaching this concept of leadership, how to be a proper leader, a guide to your dog, how to build trust, all of these things, until one day I realized I was missing the key component that will turn everything around. And I learned it from an incredible dog named Wellington. Welcome to Beyond Obedience, the podcast, where we redefine dog companionship. Hi, I'm Tracy Franken, your guide to build a beautiful bond that transcends traditional training. Flip the script. This is where your dog is the true expert. For dog lovers who crave more than just a pocket full of treats, this is not your typical dog training podcast. This is Beyond Obedience. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Beyond Obedience, the podcast. It's finally here. It's finally here. I have to thank the follower, the fan, um, the wonderful woman who, after much criticism by some people on social media saying that my videos were too long and I talked too much, someone suggested, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And now I have. So here we are. All right. So this is it. This is episode number one. Oh my gosh. What pressure I have been under to do this particular episode because it's the first episode. What are you going to talk about? So I've thought a lot about it. And on this particular episode, I want to share with you, my fellow dog lovers, I want to share with you probably the best lesson that I have ever learned. And it came from an incredible dog named Wellington. And if there is one, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, your best teacher in life is going to, when it comes to dog behavior, all thing dog is going to be your dog. That's why we say that. Flip the script. This is where your dog is the true expert. I don't believe there's any real experts in dog training. I think when you start to call yourself an expert in anything, you give yourself permission to be done with the journey. And we are constantly learning every single day and so there are no real experts just your dogs so um that's the story that i want to tell but before i do i wanted to name this episode terms and conditions may apply this is beyond obedience the podcast terms and conditions may apply and the reason for it is before i jump into this story i need to identify some key words here that are going to be used throughout the story. I want to give you the terms and the definitions of the words I'm using. Why, you might ask? Well, <laughs> simply because some people are going to be offended by it. No matter what I do, no matter where I go, somebody gets offended by the terms that I use when telling these stories, when talking about dog behavior. They will take what I say and turn it into something else. And I just want to set the record straight from the get-go. So this episode is entitled Terms and Conditions May Apply. We're going to talk about those terms. What are the conditions? The conditions are simply this. I need you to have an open mind. I want you to have an open mind. Some of the things that we're going to be discussing on this podcast are going to be a little bit out there. Some of the things that I'm going to ask you to maybe go out and try with your dog are going to be a little out of the box. But if you just suspend all the other stuff that perhaps you've learned, the things that you've read, if you suspend that for just a moment, take off your training cap, and really delve deep into the world of the dog, you are going to open up so much for both you and the dog. 
So that's the conditions. I need you to have an open mind and maybe be a little bit crazy, right? Maybe be a little bit crazy. Maybe be willing to try things, step outside your comfort zone, that sort of thing. And if you could do that, we're going to get along great. Now, let's get into those terms because I'm going to be telling this incredible story about this incredible dog and the greatest lesson I ever learned from him. I want to share that with you today, but I need to talk about some terms first. And there's three terms that I'm going to be using in this story, and I want to get it out there so that I don't have to answer it in the comments, <laughs> okay? <laughs> first and foremost. So the very first word that I'm going to talk about that's going to be in this is the word pack. P-A-C-K, pack. Oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe. I know some of you are like, what's so bad about the word pack, Tracy? And for you that said that, thank you. I don't know. I didn't think it was a bad word, but yet somebody's going to think it's a bad word. People are going to jump in the comments. They're going to say things like, oh my gosh, she talks about packs. Dogs don't form packs anymore. They don't do that. Listen, <laughs> listen. For me, the word pack means a group of dogs. Now, if you've been following me for a while, or perhaps you're new to me, I have been living with large groups of dogs for over 25 years. And when I say large groups of dogs, I'm not talking about, you know, three or four, <laughs> three or four dogs. I'm talking about at one point in time, we had 19 dogs in our pack. That's a lot of dogs. And for me, pack means group of dogs right? Very simply, it just means a group of dogs. You'll hear me use the phrase pack walk. That means we're walking a group of dogs. It doesn't have to mean more than that. Um, but yet some people will make it. <laughs> some people will try to make it that way. So that's the first one. Packs of dogs means group. Pack to me also means social unit. Pack to me means family. Pack means different things to different people. But for me, it means nothing more than a group of dogs, a family, a social unit. All right? Term number two that people get their knickers in a knot about, and I'm going to say the word alpha. Some people cringed. Oh, my gosh, Tracy, there's no such thing as alpha anymore. There's no, dogs aren't alpha. There's the alpha theory has been la, 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 la. Okay, I hear you. Yes, there's been some changes, but let's keep in mind that when I'm talking about Alpha in this particular story, uh, the dog I'm referring to was probably about as Alpha as you can get because he was a breeding dog. He had a breeding bitch, and he also lived with his offspring. So he was a family man, and that's what Alpha means to me. It means a family man. He had a, he had a social unit. He, we had what I would refer to as a familial pack. And it was through watching this familial pack very, very close up that I learned so much about the social unit of these dogs. So much stuff that I learned from the social unit of these dogs. And I've had an opportunity to watch many different types of packs, right? I've seen temporary packs. I've run daycare groups that are temporary packs. I've seen my familial pack. I've seen, um, you know, mix, mixes and matches of packs. So all of these different varieties of social units of dogs have, have given me a different outlook. And that's what I wanted to share. 
So that's the second. Now the third or the final word that I'm going to use, I want to go a little bit deeper, and if you'll just give me a little bit more time on this one, and that would be the word leadership. Now you're going to hear me say that word a lot. I actually have a scorecard that I ask people to pay attention to called the leadership scorecard. And anytime I talk about leadership on social media, somebody comes in and goes, oh gosh, he's one of those. I'm actually reading a book right now about separation anxiety. The author is brilliant. My only criticism of the book, she, one of the paragraphs basically said, if you hear anybody talking about words like pack and alpha and leadership, that these are red flags, that this trainer uses punishment-based training. <sighs> Not necessarily. <laughs> Not necessarily. So, um, I want to just jump on this leadership talk because for me, leadership means guidance, okay? I truly believe that you need to be a guide to your dog. You need to help and guide your dog through the human experience. You were the one that invited this dog to share a life with you in Humansville. It is your responsibility to guide this dog through that experience. We have rules that dogs don't understand. If you are not there to guide them through it, they are going to struggle. So for me, leadership means guidance. So when we're talking about this idea of leadership, that's what I want it to be. Now, interestingly, I've been thinking a lot about it, and I'm, I was always concerned, or not concerned, I was always wondering why it is that people get so upset by this term. And I started to think that it probably has stems down to what our experiences have been with quote-unquote leaders in our lives. Perhaps you were somebody that had a terrible boss, one that was constantly yelling and never paid, like never listened to the things that you said, never gave you a chance, never sort of just completely dismissed everything that you said or did, right? Or maybe if you're like me, a Gen Xer, maybe you grew up in the household of because I said so. Has anyone else grew up that way? I'm smiling because it's not like I felt like it was a bad thing at the time, but I remember, you know, when my parents would tell me to do something and I, I would be like, why? And it would just be because I said so. And, <laughs> and that was it. That meant that was it. There was no more, no more. No more discussion about it is because I said so. <laughs> and so if you grew up in a strict home, perhaps your idea of leadership is, you know, there's no, this is my, it's my way or the highway. I don't know. Whatever that is for you, though, understand that leadership, um, if that is a word that triggers for you, is probably due to your impression of what a leader is. And so you can switch that. You know, when I say leadership, you can change it to guide. You know, that's fine. Use a word that makes sense to you, but understand that that's what I mean by it when I say the word leadership. So now that we got that out of the way, I want to share this incredible story. And the reason why I wanted to use those three words and, and sort of give you my terms and terminology about it is because this story is involves one of the most incredible dogs I've ever owned, Wellington Gray Bear. And when I, uh, when I think about Beyond Obedience, when I think about how Beyond Obedience, my company, started, it literally did start with the purchase of two Newfoundland dogs, Mariah, her registered name was Bronze Beauty, 
and Wellington Gray Bear. And I brought these two dogs home and my life was forever changed. Mostly because I had never had breeding dogs before, so that part was different, having an intact male. I'd always been the one who got my dogs neutered at six months, and oh, I'm sure we'll talk about neutering and spaying and neutering. That that should be a podcast topic for sure, But um, so this was new for me to have that kind of energy, that kind of uh, dog that was a mature male that was intact along with a mature female that was intact. And I noticed right away that there was just something about Wellington. Wellington was a very calm, stoic, regal dog, just absolutely stunning. And the first thing that I noticed was that dogs noticed Wellington. They immediately would change their demeanor around Wellington. When dogs were playing in our playgroups, when we had daycare running and dogs were playing and there was a bunch of dogs and Wellington would enter in to the playgroup, dogs would stop. They would take notice. They would come over and sniff at younger dogs. Dogs that were fearful and confident were drawn to this dog. They wanted to be with this dog. There was something about Wellington and I was always in awe of it. I was in awe of his ability to just change the, the vibe of a space just by his mere presence. And it's one of the reasons why when I say leadership or alpha in this stance, I am not offended by the word because Wellington never once asserted any sort of quote-unquote dominance. He didn't have to pin any dog. He wasn't mean to any dog. He didn't even, he just was. He just existed. He was, he, everything about this dog just exuded leadership. And dogs knew it. And it was incredible to watch. And so I had the unique opportunity to be able to watch Wellington with his family. Because we had this huge pen out in the front of our facility. It used to be a stallion pen. Because if if for those of you that know my Beyond Obedience Beginnings, we actually started in a refurbished horse farm. So... Um, the noose had this incredibly huge large outdoor run and in that run there was Wellington there was his three girls so Echo Dakota and Eclipse and uh, a basset hound named Chuckles we'll also have many stories over the over the podcast episodes of Chuckles but so Wellington would be outside with these with these other four dogs and he always liked to lay on top of his doghouse. We had this really big doghouse out in the yard, and he would jump up on there, and he would lay, and he always crossed his, his front feet, like he'd put one paw over the other, and he would just sit and regally watch as the other dogs would play. And I had the opportunity to observe this from my bedroom window. Luckily for me, my bedroom looked down onto the dog yard, and um, so when the dogs were just sort of on their own, doing their own thing, I would sit in the window and I'd watch them sometimes for hours. I would, <laughs> it was nothing better for me than to sit in my window ledge and m take notes or whatnot and, and watch these dogs. And this one particular day I was watching the dogs and, and the three girls are playing with Chuckles and Chuckles used to have this habit of every time he ran and his front feet would hit the ground, he would bark in his basset hound bark. And, um, 
And so they're running around and they're playing and Chuckles is barking and Wellington's lying on his doghouse. And all of a sudden, Wellington gets up, he kind of shakes, jumps down off the doghouse. So it immediately stops the play, right? The dogs stop playing and they're just staring at him. And there's this moment, like even I held my breath because I was like, oh, what is he doing? Like what's happening? And he jumped down, he gets down, he starts walking towards one of the, one of the bronze newts. I could, it was either Dakota or Echo, I'm not sure which one. Couldn't tell from my vantage point. And they're all just standing there staring at him. Chuckles was quiet, everyone's just staring at him. And just like that, he walks up to one of the girls, suddenly play bows, stands up, takes his big gray paw, smacks her on the side of the face, and then takes off. And I mean, joyfully, takes off he starts running around the yard so the three girls and chuckles they all take off after him they're running after him chuckles is now barking again and there's just this joyful the most joyful amazing play they were deking and play bowing and running and jumping and also and i was just i sat there for with a grin on my face the joy that was happening in this yard and it maybe lasted like 45 seconds, <laughs> right? Like not very long. And all of a sudden, just like that, as quickly as he started it, he stopped. They all stopped, like, what's he doing now? And he walked back over to his doghouse. He jumped up, he laid down, he crossed his paws, and he put his head down on his, on his paws. And that was it. And the, the other, the, the three dogs, the three girls and chuckles, they kind of okay and they kind of milled around a little bit they played a little bit more and then they all kind of settled and that was it and I sat there in that moment just thinking to myself I think that's the key I think that's the key see I have been teaching this idea of leadership and guidance and all of this stuff and being a proper leader to your dog and what does it mean to be a leader it's somebody worth following and being a leader means that you're trustworthy being a leader means that um that you stay calm no matter what happens like that's a good leadership like I had all of these ideas in my head what it meant to be a leader everything that Wellington exude but on that particular day I realized the key component missing in my leadership was fun that day, Wellington was fun. Oh my gosh, he was so much fun. And they loved every moment of it. And I thought, there it is, right? And sometimes we can get caught up in the terminologies and we can get caught up in the ideas, especially if you're a dog lover that's working on something. You have a reactive dog. You have a fearful dog. You have... Uh, maybe even a dog that is acting aggressively and you're, and you're working so hard to help this dog and figure stuff out that you can probably forget to have fun. And if you're not having fun, even when you are rehabilitating your dog, even when you are working on reactivity, if you are not having fun, you're missing the key point of leadership. And Wellington taught me that that day. And ever since that day, I have really tried to encompass this. Even when I'm working with other people's dogs, even when I'm working with another, like someone else's dog that's tried to bite me before, 
I know that if I am not having fun, I'm truly not exuding the proper leadership that I need to make the changes that I need to make. So there you go. That's the best thing that Wellington ever taught me. The Wellington taught me so many things, but that, that right there, that was probably the best lesson I could have ever learned. And I wanted to share it with you here on this very first episode. Well, that's it. So if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to head on over to wherever you are subscribing to your podcast and give us a good rating. Five-star rating, please. Don't, don't do, don't do like a two or three-star rating. That's, that's, that's not fun. This is our first episode. If you're like, "Mm, it could be better. It will be. It will be. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. And uh, as always, get out there today and be the person that your dog thinks you are because your dog thinks you are amazing. And so do I. Take care, everybody, and we'll talk soon. Cheers.